All right. Welcome to the Joe Danier podcast. Um, I wrote something on social media today. I want to read it real quick and then talk about it a little bit. In a world where all roads naturally lead to eventual tyranny and tyranny solves some of the most heart-wrenching problems, will you accept imperfect liberty? Will you fight for it when suffering is the consequence? When freedom is the only reward and half of all the people won't exercise its benefits of, or the benefits of freedom, but will endure its costs. This is the plight of a free nation, having enough people who believe in a cause and fear its loss that they would be willing to give life to preserve it. I think our liberty is secure for now, but I think if we took inventory of willing fighters, it would not be enough. And there are entire generations that would be missing from the ranks. Now, I wrote this because I attempted to explain what liberty was uh, to my 12-year-old son. And it's a little bit heavy of a topic for a young kid to realize, you know, what these things are and the balances of uh, tyranny versus uh, liberty. And, you know, when you when you pitch it to the fact, okay, so let me let me kind of draw this out and, and give you my feelings. As a libertarian, I believe that I have freedom where I have this little circle around me and my circle is what I'm free to do where it affects only me. I am not to allowed to exercise freedoms that basically Im, Im, impede on anyone else's circle. So I am free to drive 200 miles an hour down the freeway so long that me doing so does not take the freedom of somebody else away. So if I can do it safely that's one thing. But if it's not safely, if I'm the only one that bears the consequence of my action. So, for instance, if I eat cheeseburgers every day, I'm enjoying the cheeseburgers every day, and I get fat, and I get unhealthy, and I get sick, I am free to enjoy the benefits, and I am free to realize the consequences on my own without bringing other people into my circle. And the reason I'm explaining this to the next generation is that I think that they understand the words of what liberty and, and freedom is from uh, the standpoint of, you know, the political perspective. But from an individual's perspective, what role do you play? Are you handing out consequences to other people that they didn't ask for? Are you eating the benefits? Are you consuming the benefits? But then when it comes to the cost of the consequences that you're letting other people share in those against their will. And that's where it really comes down. The freedoms of allowing, um, you know, when I, and honestly, when, when I explain it like that, it almost feels like, yeah, no one would want to do that. But what happens when the finesse of what you're talking about is real world people? I'm an emp empathetic person. I really want people to, you know, enjoy and pursue all of the, their dreams and goals and, I don't want anybody to suffer, but some people's choices make them end up suffering. And just like I would not begrudge them the rewards if they would have taken risks and it would have paid off, I don't really want the consequences to be shielded from them against other people's will. And it's the important part is the against other people's will. I think we sort of subsidize the consequences of other people and we don't do it like from a willing audience. Like I would really want to take on someone's consequence and help them because I can take some of the, shield them from some of the repercussions of their actions at the same time, able to educate them and, and teach them. That's the cost. Like you're going to, I'm going to take some of your 
your consequences, but you're going to hear out my the logic of uh, hear me out on, on the logic of maybe saving yourselves from a future consequence. And that's really what it comes down to is that we're, we're an empathetic country who wants to take care of a bunch of people. But at the same time, we're enabling the bad decisions and choices from people because we're, we're taking on the road of tyranny where we make it the consequences, a shared responsibility. Right. And the benefits consumed by the individual. And, you know, I, I'm we got half the equation right. I, I absolutely think that, you know, in, in a real tyrannical dictatorship where the benefits are also excluded from the person. And, and I don't I think once you get to the point where both the benefits and the consequences are not yours, I think it's too late by that point because you don't have a, a method for scraping that back. But if individual liberties mean individual consequences and we fix this before we we have to, then there's more people that will be on board where I want to take. Uh, an aim, an empathetic aim on helping people shield from consequence, right? I, I, I want there to be, uh, you know, rewards were, to be huge when you make big, you know, good decisions. And I want the consequences to be huge when you make bad decisions so that it regulates your decision making, teaches you how to be a better, better decision maker. But if, if, uh, all we ever do is either hide or shield those consequences from people, then there's no connection between making a bad decision and the pain that it causes, making a bad decision. So here, let me give you an example. So if, when you buy a car, right, and you're a parent and you got to teach that I'm going to give you a car, it comes with responsibilities. And there's some implied responsibilities and there's, you know, some taught responsibilities. So like when you're saying like, okay, here's the rule sets, here's what you, here's when you get the keys, here's the schedule that you're allowed to take it. Here's what you can and can't do. You have to fill up the tank. You have to drive safely. You have to drive under the speed limit, right? But then there's some things in there that you're, you're, you don't have responsibilities in. So as a kid, when you take ownership of the car, you're not really responsible for some of the things, even though they're part of the equation, you won't actually take responsibility for those big portions of it until later on. So when you buy a car, it comes with insurances, putting gas in the car, right? Being safe with the car, being responsible with the car. And what about the other stuff? Like when you buy the car, the tires are brand new, but one day the tires won't be brand new. And you need to shoulder the responsibility of replacing the tires on day one, not on day, you know, 3,650. I know tires aren't going to last you 10 years, but you kind of get the drift. It, that responsibility came on day one, and you can start talking about it and planning for it and building it into the full package of responsibility and, and owning the car if you teach the logic of being responsible so that something doesn't spill off to someone else. And sometimes, in a lot of worlds, that you're spilling off that responsibility to your future self. Like, hey, you know, Christmas comes the same time every year, and everybody gets to December and complains the same thing, that the burden of the extra expenses in December are, are higher in December, right? Well, you could have done January, February, March, April, May, June, July. That would be the responsible thing to do. But if you wait until it, December, then it sneaks up on you, almost like it was something you couldn't have known, and then you get to complain about how your expenses are higher during that month. Now, if you sat down and say, if you asked the question, how do I make Christmas not affect my budget? How do I get to the, the changing tires is not uh, affecting my budget? How do all of these things that somehow snuck up on me become part of my budget? If you ask that question, 
It's pretty simple. There's a formula that can, you, you take a car, you ask a person that had a car, you take all the responsibilities, you look at their, their ledger on all the things that they actually paid over the course of 10 years on a vehicle. And then you put them on your sheet and know that even though you haven't bought the car yet, make sure that you can do all of those things. Or what you're planning for Christmas. If you have Christmas gifts and you want to spend X amount of dollars and then you divide it by the total number of paychecks that you get in a year. And if you're cool with that portion of your paycheck going into buying Christmas gifts, it's on you. Nobody cares what you do, right? It's just, it's a little insanity to make the unknown that could have been known the reason for a suffering or some kind of, you know, the, the cheeseburger person knows that the cheeseburger is going to make them fat. The smoker knows that the smoking is going to make them unhealthy. But be, if you draw that out over a period of time, you can procrastinate and pretend like those consequences aren't real and then somehow be surprised and at the worst, make them somebody else responsible for something that you could have known about. That is the worst of the worst. So when I am a libertarian, I'm all about keeping my consequences my own and, you know, making sure that uh, I share, you know, help share some of uh, the, the logic with other people who don't realize that the consequences that they're enduring, they created and showing them the logic that says, okay, you're looking like one month ahead of you. Your problems are in the one year ahead of you. So you won't see the one year ahead of you if you're only looking ahead one month. So you got to improve your view by looking upwards off of the horizon so you can see more of the year. So what happens when your world inundates you and you have to look at 12 months worth of responsibilities instead of one month? It feels like it's more work. It's there anyway, right? It's it, Christmas is sitting there seven months away anyway, whether or not you, you know, you, you force yourself to look at it or not, it's going to be there. So either you're in a world of delusion where your responsibilities are not there unless you look at them or you bring them all in a, in an organized structure and you deal with them as a responsible adult. And that's what Liberty is to me. Like we can afford to have a free country so long that we put the work in to be able to know what it is, be able to explain it to the other person. There's going to be people that are super good at it. There's going to be the Patriots of Liberty and there's going to be people who are super bad of it that need shielded and helped and educated and pushed along the way because if we give in to the logic of the um the, the people who are not good at it we're going to have a tyranny because we're going to be solving noble problems using a dictatorship because that's really the only way to pull it off and when we look around we gave up our freedoms to solve really noble problems but it doesn't change the fact that the liberties are now gone and now we got to go back and fight refight for the liberties we already had it was already default it was already given people already had gave the blood that it took to purchase those freedoms we gave it up because we're great people and we look out for other other people i'm not you know i'm not contesting the fact that we're doing it for uh, bad reasons i'm saying we're doing it for the absolute best reasons, but along with that logic, we can help people, right, at the same time as preserving liberty. They are not mutually exclusive. We just have to put it in the fact that you, the minute that you take choice away, the minute that you force another human being to do something against their will, that's when you erode the liberty. If you would just persuade and you would ask and give people the chance to say no, then you preserve liberty, but you have to be able to handle being told no. So your persuasion skills have to go way up and your forcibility has to go way down. And if everybody's saying no to you, it's on you, not them. All right. Next time, this is the Joe Danier podcast.